Welcome to the Springs in the Desert podcast. We're so happy that you're here with us. We're those friends that you can take with you wherever you are on the path of infertility. Hello and welcome back to the Springs in the Desert podcast. We're so glad you're here. It's an honor to walk with you wherever you are on the path of infertility. I'm Jillian from the Springs in the Desert team, your host for today's episode. And today I have two guests joining me. The first is one of our founding mamas. Anne, how are you today? Hey, Jillian. I'm doing well, thanks. Good. It's so good to be with you as always. And today we have a very special guest, a brand new voice. We're so we're so eager to introduce. Uh, this is Christina Heidemann, who plays a very, very important role in producing this, our weekly podcast. Uh, so Christina, it's so good to have you on with us today. Would you mind just telling our listeners a, a little bit about you and what your role is with Springs in the Desert? Yeah. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Christina and Jillian. That was very nice of you to put the words very special before you. <laughs> you are. Yes. Well, thank you, everybody. But um, yeah, so I guess first I'll start off with how I got involved in Springs in the Desert. So, you know, we are going through our own infertility struggles. We have two uh, biological daughters and then we've just had a string of miscarriages. And, you know, it's probably the hardest thing I've ever been through in my life. And during that time of darkness and um, isolation, I needed to find a community because the majority of the people that I interacted with on a daily basis had not experienced what I'd gone through. And, you know, there's a lot of great sites, I guess, out there to help, but I didn't find anything authentically Catholic until I um, stumbled upon Springs in the Desert. And that's where I knew I wanted my community to be because I was uh, able to be encouraged spiritually as well as, you know, emotionally. So just started doing some of the online retreats and realized I, I wanted to put some of my time and energy into helping further the ministry because I just think it's so important and it's so needed. And so Anne asked if I wanted to kind of help with the podcast. So I uh, weekly will just write some of the show notes for each of the episodes, but uh, it's been a real joy to connect with this community and it's been such a blessing. Oh gosh. I, I just love that because I think what you just shared is the call that Jesus has for each of us you know, to be, to be fed spiritually, you know, and emotionally, physically, uh, he does that for us. And so when he provides avenues for us to be fed through other people, and then typically there's a call at some point, <laughs> there's a call to, to get involved or to, to kind of commit yourself a little bit further. And so we are so grateful that you have said yes, because the show notes are very important to the podcast. We want people to know what they're about <laughs> without you. We would we would be missing a big piece. So we're so thankful to you. And thanks for sharing your story. I know a lot of listeners say that they relate to the stories of the team and the community. And it's so important that we know that we're not alone uh, because it can feel like that. Seasons of infertility can feel so lonely. And that's, you know, I, I kind of want today to talk about how we can lighten that load when we're feeling lonely or when we're feeling overwhelmed, uh, how um, maybe others have helped lighten our load. And if we're in a season or a space where we can help uh, lighten the load of others, what what that might look like. Uh, so I just wanted to 
throw out maybe Anne, I'll I'll start with you. Do you have any examples or memories of when maybe a friend or a family member or even a stranger, you know, in some maybe small or large way has kind of lightened the load, uh, lightened your cross for you? Yeah, I thought a lot about this and I I jotted down some notes and the first thing that came to me is going to sound like super cheesy and like it's just a commercial for Springs in the Desert. But like my (laughs) very first thought was this community, just being a part of this community has helped me to process through my own experience of infertility in ways that I didn't even realize. So, you know, I'm one of the co-founders of Springs in the Desert and, you know, we started this ministry because we wanted to accompany other people in ways that we had not felt accompanied when we were first kind of learning about our infertility and, and going through that process. But what ended up happening is that through hearing other people's stories and encountering other people who were carrying this cross, that sort of unearthed in me things that I had not processed or identified, especially the grief, even though I was giving talks and talking about the importance of, you know, identifying the grief and knowing that that there is legitimate grief in this experience of infertility. So I think being a part of this community has helped to lighten that load quite a bit. But to not just be a commercial for Springs in the Desert, (laughs) I will say that I think a really good friend of mine, Bethany, has helped me a lot in my infertility struggle, not because she herself deals with it. She has two children, um, but she had two really difficult pregnancies. She was very sick and sort of being with her throughout that, yeah, just seeing that experience of hers and realizing that although having children is so good and it's a good desire, it's not as if that would solve all my problems or that would um, just make my life absolutely perfect and complete. And she was very aware of that and aware of my struggle. And I remember when she was pregnant with her second, uh, they she has two, a girl and a boy. And when she was pregnant with Luke, I remember sitting on Anna's bedroom floor. Um, we were playing with her. And Bethany said to me, uh, she rubbed her belly and she said, this one is yours. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, we would like you to be his godmother. Hmm. And I have never been a godmother. I'm, I'm only godmother to one child and that's Luke. And it's not even a relative of mine, but it's, it's my friend's son. And from that moment, she and her whole extended family invited Keith and me into their family and into their lives. And that really meant a lot so that we're invited to different events that their families have. You know, we go over to her parents' house and, you know, we call them grandma and poppy too. And so just the way that she made us feel included as part of the family and most of all as an important part of Luke's life, that has really meant a lot. And it's kind of confirmed in me, I think, this idea that I am worthy of being a mother for whatever mysterious reason, 
we were not given that particular gift to have children of our own. And I think we can very easily fall into the lie that the devil wants to tell us, which is you're not good enough to be a parent. And so in situations like this with my friend who entrusts her son to me spiritually and invites me into her family and, and Keith into their family in that way, it, it shows me, okay, I have not been, we have not been given this gift personally, but through the ways that we can influence and be part of other children's lives, God is saying to us, it's not because you're not good enough, because, because you're not worthy. It's, it's something that's mysterious. Maybe one day we'll know in eternity, but it's, it's just that affirmation that like, no, you are an important part of this child's life. Wow. I, that was really touching. (laughs) Um, I, yeah, I, um, I am also a godmother, but that just, that story was, um, just really beautiful, A, a really beautiful invitation into, motherhood. And so while I recover from hearing that, <laughs> Christina, I would like to Christina, ask you- can you um, go into the editing and add some violin music to that or something maybe? That- <laughs> well, I was getting goosebumps too. Like just that, you know, and one thing you did say, Ian, that resonated with me is you're like, you know, sometimes I think if, you know, if I had kids, you know, my life would be perfect and all my problems would go be going away. And that is another temptation to believe. But, you know, suffering is suffering. So you might see a woman with five kids and her sufferings look different than yours, but they're still sufferings. And um, so it's easy to try to like compare and be like, oh, you know, but pain is pain. So, yeah. Yeah. And then were you going to ask what are some examples of people accompanying me? Yes. Yeah. I would love to hear if you, I have one that I would like to share, but I would really like to hear from you if that you have any examples. Yeah. So for our first two miscarriages, we kept it kind of private. And I mean, we, so each one of it was, they were all three in the first trimester and we did a little burial at the Catholic cemetery. So we have Jude, Sally and Augustine. And the third one, though, was much more public, I guess. And and I think it's just with the people we shared it with. And what a difference that made with the healing because people were there. We had somebody started a meal train for us. Mm. We had meals for like three weeks straight. People sent cards. People had masses said flowers were dropped off, text messaging. I, that's one of the huge things is like friends would just occasionally check in, like, how are you today? Or, or call. And those are really tangible ways. Having somebody bring you a warm casserole is just like a big bear hug when you need it. And those were just really important to help the healing process because we didn't feel alone. Like we had a community. And then people who would bring stuff off that we didn't even know because, you know, we have a great parish community, but um, they'd say, oh yeah, actually, you know, we've gone through this. And so then you started having more people open up, which uh, further just, you know, strengthened you in community because then you felt even less alone. And, you know, it does take being vulnerable, right? Uh, You're going through a rough situation, but it's, it's worth it. 
and yeah, I'm so grateful for, for all the people that showed their love and support, even if they didn't know what to say, it didn't matter. They just dropped food off. <laughs> you know, what's so interesting about that is that it's certainly not our responsibility to like educate people in the midst of our pain, but just the fact that you were vulnerable enough to receive that that help or that support, whether it was a meal or a card or a kind word, like even through that pain, look at the fruit that came from that because, you know, you allow, you didn't create, but you allowed for this opening for people to, to be generous, to move outside of themselves and to show some love and compassion. And so, you know, it, it is a hard thing and it's so painful and, and I'm so sorry for your losses, but look at, look at that beautiful fruit that springs up from, from something that's so tragic. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I wasn't going to accept the meal train at first. Oh, we don't need that. And a friend who said just what you'd said, it's like, how can you help other people if you won't even receive yes. help? You have to be humble enough. And that convicted me. Wow. That's a really beautiful sentiment from your, from your friend. Mm-hmm. That I actually, I want to come back to in a minute, that idea of receiving. Uh, But I also have an example, yeah, about how someone uh, just kind of lightened the cross for me. So I, um, I too, uh, we've lost two children in miscarriage and our second also happened to be a little bit more public because I was working in a, a, a new job full time and I was at a a place where in our pregnancy where the miscarriage was pretty physically demanding on my body. And uh, so I was in a position where I really did need to share with some people that I was working with and the pastors that I was working for so that they knew why I was maybe a little bit slower or maybe not as, uh, you know, full of energy, or maybe I needed to go home, you know, partway through the day. And so I, I had sat down with uh, my pastor and the parochial vicar. And then there was a seminarian who was uh, at the parish at the time. And I shared with them and they were so encouraging. But the uh, the fruit of that um, came uh, several months later. I, I had shared, we had lost uh, that, that child in November. And so the next year uh, for Mother's Day, I had come into my office and I, I was kind of dreading that day because everyone, everyone in the office did have a biological children with them either at home or, you know, have, have moved on from home. And I just, I didn't really know what it was going to look like that day. And the seminarian uh, had purchased every mother a, a single flower and placed it on their desk. And he had included me in, wow. in that gesture. And, uh, yeah, I remember that a lot. I remember that that flower. I remember just pausing. And even, even in the times when I was feeling like I couldn't celebrate that day, uh, that he told me I was worthy to celebrate that and to rejoice in my motherhood, whatever that looked like. Wow. He's going to make a great priest. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Just, I think it, it, it does speak to the the true fatherhood yeah. of of our you know our pastors and that they 
uh, have the ability to hear us and they, and, and, and to serve us yes. and to pastor us. And, and sometimes it just share, it, it takes being a little bit vulnerable, you know, with them yeah. for them to see that. And there, you know, I, I think I also, I just want to mention that if you're in a place where you can't share or you're not ready to share, that's okay too. There's a, there's a time and a place and the Lord will let you know who, who you should share it with or when you're ready to share. But it was, it was a really beautiful moment. I'm really grateful that I, I shared that with them. Uh, but I want to now just switch gears back to the sentiment, Christina, that your friend told you about being in a position to receive and what that looks like. You know, I think there have been many times in, in my life and, and I'd say even more recently where I don't really feel like I have the ability to give or to serve. I am maybe low energy or, you know, maybe a, an anniversary or a date is coming around the calendar and I just don't feel like I can give at the parish or give in my family. And yeah, and I just, I really just want to say that's okay. <laughs> it's okay to be in that place where uh, you can't give and yeah. receiving, you know, Jesus says in so many ways we hear in the gospels many times that, you know, it's, it's, although it's in giving that we receive, we can't give what we don't have first. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't, we can't share with others if we don't allow ourselves to receive. And um, yeah, so I just, I really appreciate both of those examples, you know, being asked to be a godmother, receiving from the community, yeah, receiving, you know, a meal train. That I mean, that is a vulnerable thing to accept those kinds of support and help. So yeah, I just, for our listeners who maybe aren't in a place where they can lighten someone's load, that's okay. Uh, that's okay. It's okay to receive. And Jesus has you right where he wants you and He's he wants to provide for you. But I do want to maybe offer some suggestions for our listeners who maybe are in a place where they want to support someone, they want to give back, or maybe for our listeners who are just accompanying someone who is in a season of infertility. Yeah, I just want to maybe give some examples of how we can support our friends and family, maybe even how we can celebrate them, how we can help them persevere in a a season of infertility. I think we've already given some good suggestions, but um, Christina, would you maybe share a couple of thoughts you might have about how we can help support others in a season of infertility? Yeah. So, you know, we do have children, but I, I have a lot of friends who, who aren't able to. And so uh, I think it's important to reach out to them and, and initiate and say, hey, let's let's go on a date. And, you know, you leave the kids at home with a sitter so that way you can just focus on your relationship with the other couple. Mm-hmm. Um, we hosted like a themed dinner party around Christmas and it was just, you know, for for like this, us three couples. So I think, you know, doing things like that or, um we kind of talked about what about even throwing a little wedding anniversary party for that couple. I mean, their marriage, your everybody's marriage is so special, and so you know, I think that would really just make a couple who's struggling with infertility feel just so loved by by friends and family. Um, to have you know a party thrown for them. Oh, we also mentioned you know sometimes people have pets 
And, you know, if, if you can't have children, like a pet, a little dog is like such a nice thing to just cuddle with and, you know, it becomes part of the family. And so I say, you know, you could get their dog a little toy or something, or it's just these little actions that show that you care about what they care about. And Oh, the other thing is sometimes you'll have to do a lot of the initiating because they might think, oh, they have kids. They're so busy. I don't want to bother them. And so don't Mm -hmm. take that personal. If you haven't heard from them, you may just need to be doing more of the initiating and there's nothing wrong, wrong with that. So don't let that discourage you from, you know, planning dates or or that sort of a thing. So, wow. I, I appreciate so much, even in that short bit, there was so much in there that, I know that initiating, I definitely fall into that. I sometimes have a difficult time figuring out how to participate in the life of our friends who have littles running around and, and just how does, how does that work? You know, do we, sometimes it feels almost rude for me to, you know, just invite adults over and I don't want them to feel burdened by having to get a sitter, you know? So if, if the other couple has the ability to initiate. That is super helpful. Uh, and I, I like the idea too of whatever they're celebrating, if they have animals or they have a hobby or they have something that they are really loving and that they enjoy in life to support that, to find a yeah. way to encourage and support that. Those are, those are really great examples. And do you have any uh, examples you'd like to share? Yeah, I think I, my example is like on the opposite side of what Christina shared and kind of taking off from what I shared about my friend Bethany inviting me to be Luke's godmother, that there are also like, I think the adult time is good, like go out together as couples and, you know, do, do those things just together. But I think there are also ways that couples with with children can invite those of us who don't have children into their family and into their activities and i think sometimes they might feel like oh i don't i don't want them to feel left out or i don't want them to feel bad because we have children but instead including them in your family activities in like a really genuine and and substantial way so it's not just coming over and the kids are in the background and every once in a while they kind of interrupt the adult conversation or whatever, but working to try to help your children develop a relationship with this couple who, who doesn't have children so that they feel really a part of that child's life. And because we have so many things, I mean, we all have these gifts and, and special ways that we can influence children, whether they're our own children or if we're teaching, you know, catechism class on Sunday or if we're school teachers or in in so many different ways. So there are ways that the couple without a child can be such a good influence and role model and just have fun with your children. So I would say to those couples who do have children, don't shy away from inviting that couple into your life and into your family in a real way and inviting them to develop a relationship with your children. Hmm. I'm glad you said that, Anne, because I'll tell you the mistake I made. And I wish I had had talked to you earlier. Sometimes I tend to like just overthink too much. And I, I think about my friends and I think about their feelings 
ones without children. And, and I tend to overthink and overanalyze. And so um, I did not invite two of my close girlfriends to uh, our children's birthday party over the summer because, you know, I just was like, oh, they have enough family obligations with their own nieces and nephews that they can't turn down. And maybe it's painful for them to be surrounded by all these children. And so I, I really kind of agonized over should I, should I not? And I didn't. And, you know, they found out that we had this big party and boy, I felt horrible, even though my intention was good, but I, it's nice to hear that, you know, what you said. And so I promise that I will never not invite you to anything ever again. But we just, uh, I mean, we do the best that we can and, and, right. but then that's an opportunity for you to talk with your friends and say, this is the reason why I did it. But, you know, now I know that, that I can feel free to invite you into, into those kinds of situations. And so it's a way that we end up getting closer to each other and knowing each other better. Right. That's, yeah. You know, I, None of us knows how to love perfectly, (laughs) but, but we can sure try, you know, we can do the best we can. And I, I'm thankful for the many friends who extend some mercy to me when I, I don't quite know, you know, what, what's the right thing to do, or I haven't reached out in a while. I didn't know how, or, you know, just, just those many difficult kind of tricky situations to navigate. A couple other thoughts that I had that maybe Uh, would be helpful ways to help celebrate someone or encourage them is, you know, uh, my husband and I, I think we, we've found that we don't feel that some of our life events are as important to document Mm -hmm. because there's, you know, I don't know, you know, not this new person or a new, you know, surprise or something to show. And so, you know, it might be a nice gift to gift a photography session to some friends who maybe got a new job or a new home or just for their wedding anniversary or just on a Tuesday (laughs) to just, you know, celebrate who they are. And, uh, you know, if they do have a new job, you know, maybe delivering flowers or, or getting them, you know, a desk tag or something to just celebrate that they are doing really beautiful things and really great things. And, or, you know, just a, a welcome gift, you know, to a new home with some beautiful artwork and some things that they can decorate their home because those things are really important too. And uh, I think they sometimes get overlooked. I think there's so many ways that we can help. And I'm actually, I'm really curious that, you know, maybe our listeners have some thoughts and suggestions about how they've been supported and how they, maybe some ideas about how they've supported others as well. Uh, but I am just so grateful for this conversation because I want to do more of it. I want to support those when I'm able to, and I want to receive better when that's the position that I am in. So thank you both so much for being here. Christina, it was so good to have you on for the Yay, first time. Christina. I survived. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so good. The conversation was so fruitful. Um, and I hope it was for you too, dear listeners. So Thank you for tuning in. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Springs in the Desert podcast. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us for this Springs in the Desert podcast episode. If you have a minute, please rate and review us so that we can reach more listeners. 
Check out our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram and go to our website, springsinthedesert.org, where you can sign up for our newsletter and hear about more things that we have going on. Most importantly, remember that God loves you so much and so do we. 